You're listening to ASD Warrior, a podcast about the journey of getting your PhD in your child on the spectrum. With over a decade of success and challenges, it's time to share and support all of you ASD Warriors. Hosted by your always passionate and wildly intense ASD Warrior teacher, child advocate, and mom, Kathy Galbraith Willoughby. On this episode of ASD Warrior, we're going to talk about our picky eaters. Yes, food, how hard it is to get the right food in our kids, how hard it is to introduce new foods, and some of the worries that we have as parents and the nutritional value. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that you can do, maybe some strategies, some different programs. Definitely don't want to miss this one. If, like many of us, our kids on the spectrum are picky eaters. Don't want to miss. Hello there, ASD Warriors. This is your host, Kathy Galbraith-Willoughby, and this is the Family Feud edition of ASD. Families that come together and talk about some of the similarities, some of the different things, and, and how we all relate to one another. So your first category is picky eaters. Yes, our kids and their sensory in their mouth and how that affects what they eat. So come on in, you ASD families, and let's talk about our first category, picky eaters. So top six things that we all can relate to are things that our kids on the spectrum like to eat. And let's start from the top. Can we all relate to one Pediasure? Yes. How about French fries? How about McDonald's chicken nuggets? How about goldfish? How about bacon or even cheese pizza? Yes. If you answered any of those, you are probably in the final round for the maximum points that you'll need to earn to win this ASD Warrior Challenge. But seriously, how many of you can relate to those six, if not a couple of them on there. But that as I have found in some of the families I've talked to and consulted with, as well as some of the things that I have read on some of these Facebook groups and other groups around, seems to be a lot of similarity, which to be honest, at first I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's interest, interesting, very interesting, because For as many differences as all of our kids have, how can sometimes some of those foods with our kids that are somewhat challenged or significantly challenged by food, and we air quote call them picky eaters, but it is beyond what some people understand as picky eaters. So for me, I really felt like I wanted to get in there and go, okay, but how does that make sense? Like, What is it about these foods, shapes, colors, consistencies, all those different things that maybe bring some comfort to our kids? And how then can I use that knowledge and understanding to bridge the opportunity and success of getting them to try new things, right? Because as many things as we have, juggling up in the air, 
with their behaviors, with academics, with, you know, really getting glimpses, um, having them speak, having them not just echo lay, but actually have conversations. I mean, all those balls we have in the air that we're constantly looking at, which puts us in a continual state of kind of fear and anxiety, right? I mean, it is what it is. We end up kind of learning how to live there, but we live there nonetheless. How do I get them to eat, right? And eat foods that are nutritious. I mean, they're growing, you know, we've got to worry so much about the things that we need to get them to where they are compliant, independent, that they have choices in their life, right? That's my biggest thing is, is that my son has choices, like that he can choose, not something that's chosen for him. So how do we tackle that? Right. You know, and it, it's, it's hard because so many people that aren't in our space, that don't deal with um, the challenges of, you know, leading our kids down this path, this journey, and seeing what they really can be and do and, and how they thrive. They want to put it in that same, you know, idea of, well, you know, you're just not making them eat these foods. You're just not trying hard enough. You're just not saying, well, then you don't eat. And maybe in some ways, there is some push and pull that we need to kind of talk about, about, you know, where we push them and, and how we get them to try new things. And, and, and we'll talk about that in this podcast because yes, it's super important. And, and, but what I will say, and I think a lot of you that are listening that are in that space of really trying to figure out these food things and nutrition. And, you know, I mean, I should have bought stock in one McDonald's a long time ago and two, anybody that makes gummy bear vitamins, right? Like, ha, I have put my money in those two buckets, but really seriously, like how, how do we get over these humps? Right. And, and a lot of times we're, we're battling life, other kids, relationships, you know, fa extended family that we're trying to get them to understand bond with all those kind of good things. Do I have time to tackle this every day? Right. And, and, and really, you know, the idealism that you need to have about um, expectations um, and, and what you can do and what's, what's feasible and, and all those things around it. So for me, my thinking cap went on and I'm like trying to analyze, like I try to analyze everything. I'm like, why are these foods that we talk about that a lot of us can relate to? Why are these okay? Why are they safe for our kids? Right? What is it? You know, we talk a lot about control. What I think quickly derails our kids from a sense of comfort and maybe where they can focus a little bit more and maybe where they're calm and stay connected to us in the moment, in relationships, in conversations, communication, whatever that looks like, is they can count on things, right? So I started to think about the foods, right? Let's, let's take one, you know, the meat group, which isn't the best I know. And you can judge me. I'll let you have a moment of awe, but my son loves bacon. And yes, I did the turkey bacon for a while. And then I went back to bacon and, you know, but I'm like, why is it this meat? Well, it's the way you cook it, right? It's its consistency. It looks the same all the time. There's a color that he's comfortable with eating, right? Because color is part of it. But if you 
when I thought about it and, and I've been able to try to talk to him about it and also what I've um, figured out along the way. And I'll talk about some of the things that he's never tried that would make normal parents go, what? But, you know, I started to think about, okay, so when he takes a bite of bacon, okay, again, consistency, texture, he controls the breakdown, right? It's not one of those foods, you know, like I think about those candies that you used to bite into that had the squishy center and it would just like pop in your mouth. Oh, for gosh sakes, he will never eat something like that. Again, it's inconsistent. It's like he can't count on, it's going to surprise him. And that surprise, because his mouth is so sensitive, pushes him out like, whoo, into the, I'm in Nathan's zone right now, right? So just think about that for a second. If it's consistency, we have to look at consistency as, you know, one of those factors. And I, and I think as we get through this kind of conversation and we start dissecting this a little bit better, you really have to get to a point where you identify the food triggers. What are they most accepting of and what are they least accepting of? Right. So we'll get back to that. So I started to look at then, you know, like Cheez-Its and goldfish. Again, should have bought stock in that. I spend that is like a normal for me. Right. It every time I go to the grocery store, I still to this day get that because he loves that snack. I live in it, <laughs> but he loves it. <laughs> and, you know, what is it? Is it the color? Is it the shape? What I found interesting one time, there was a sale, you know, and I love a good bargain um, on goldfish, but the rainbow goldfish, right? All different colors. So I bring them home. I'm excited. Like, you know, I got one of these big containers. You know, I didn't go small. I went big, right? I bring them home and he looks at me like I have grown a third head, right? It's like, I'm not eating these. I'm like, they're goldfish. I'm not eating these. I don't, I don't like those. I'm like, they taste the same. I'm not eating them because of the color. So ding, ding, ding in my head. I'm thinking color is going to be something I need to focus on. Because when you think about it, he likes the goldfish that are the saltine ones or cream colored. And he likes the orange ones. The cheddar ones, not sharp cheddar, just regular cheddar, no pizza flavor. None of those new little flavors don't even go there. It's not happening. And he likes the pretzel ones. So again, I start thinking, okay, so bacon is brown. The pretzel ones are okay in the goldfish. So he must be okay with brown. Brown color is good because color is a big deal, right? Just found that out with a goldfish that, you know, thank gosh, I still had my, uh, 16 year old at the time that was like, yeah, I got that mom. I'll eat those. <laughs> Still a snack of choice for other children as well. But clearly Nathan was not going to eat them. Okay. So I'm just like, okay, all right, great. So then I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the color thing. Like I'm thinking like, okay, it's, uh, we're okay with brown. All right. Okay. So pretzels was brown. Bacon was brown. So I thought, you know, let's try steak. It's brown, right? Well, it worked as he got older. So he now eats steak. He won't eat hamburger. <laughs> Still haven't figured that one out. Like he will not eat hamburger or a, like a, like a whole hamburger, which, you know, that's, that's way too many different consistencies, obviously with lettuce and tomatoes and, you know, any kind of condiments. No, that's not happening. 
But like even a hamburger patty, he will not eat. So I'm still trying to figure that one out, but we're working on it. So then I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to check out the consistency because I know that he likes things that he can control the breakdown in his mouth. It's consistent, right? There's going to be no surprises, you know, because we at one point tried cake. He will not eat cake. He has never had cake. I had him try the frosting one time just to try to get him to like, hey, it's sweet. You know, ha ha, you might like this, but he is a salt boy. But no, he will not eat cake. So we have Oreo cookies for his birthday because he likes Oreos. Black, black and brown. Okay, good. Now we know we're, we're getting the color palette, so to speak, for him. So we tried cake. I tried beef jerky. I'm like, okay, so he won't do cake. There's two textures in there. Two textures. You usually have frosting and then you have cake. And you'd think that it would be an easy breakdown in the mouth. You know, because again, I'm getting in that sensory space in the mouth because I'm trying to figure out, you know, what can I push? What can I not push? Okay. So something in the breakdown doesn't work, right? And so then I'm thinking, okay, well, I know he likes goldfish, right? And he likes the saltine goldfish. Hmm. They're kind of white, right? So here I'm going to go out on a limb, right? I'm thinking, I got to get some more protein in this kid. You know, he'll eat steak. I don't have steak all the time, right? He'll eat steak. I still have to convince him. Like it is a, do you want steak or would you like green beans? He will always take steak. We don't really go into the green category um, at all. And which is sad. So I thought I'm going to try eggs. So at this time, Nathan's younger, right? And we have ABA in the house and we have, you know, great ABA therapists in the house and we have great relationship with them. Like, let's try the food program. And I don't know if any of you have done the food program. Um, For those of you who haven't, I'll kind of do a step-by-step, but essentially it really is a program of getting used to a new food, right? So we tried eggs. I'm thinking this will be great because we're in the same color palette, right? Wrong. Temperature is a big deal for him. And also he tends to like things that are more formed, like a cracker, a piece of bacon. It's solid. There's no mushy. He's not into mushy, which then made me understand the cake thing more. Like, ooh, he wants to control the breakdown in his mouth, right? He knows what the consistency is going to be, kind of feel like. There's no surprises. It's comfort. It's almost like he doesn't need to pay attention to it. And he has an extremely oversensitive mouth. Cool. Got it. So the program that we did was we would obviously make an egg. We would sit down at the table and he would sit with his therapist because, you know, there is some times that you can, you really do look at The way something can be introduced to your child sometimes is better than, you know, you who they have an emotional connection to, whether you know it or not, you enable them way too much. Um, And you need somebody to kind of push, you know, and I think in a future podcast, we're going to talk about love and lead and how sometimes those things are hard to separate as we navigate this journey with our kids. But 
essentially taking something that is really, really difficult like that and not giving in to the fight. Because first of all, they're not being hurt, right? And so they're not happy in that one minute. Well, maybe this is going to make them happier later on. And that's where we just have to kind of let go. Okay. And I say that because it was brutal. We're sitting at the kitchen table. I'm trying to do something else. I'm there, but I'm not letting him know I'm fully engaged in what he's doing. But I'm observing from like a distance and letting his therapist do the thing. And so part of it was we would look at it. So you look at the egg. Then you're going to touch it with your finger. Okay. Then we're going to put it on the spoon and we're going to smell it and put it down. Then we're going to bring it back up and we're going to touch it or kiss it with our lips. Put it down. Bring it up. Put some in the mouth. And if they didn't want to keep it in their mouth, allow them to spit it out. The next one in your mouth. One, two, three, chew and swallow. Well, we were okay until we got to the mouth, right? Anything that even touched the lips and that's when the whoosh started. Oh my gosh, you know, crying. I don't want to do it. You know, and as a parent, yeah, it's hard. Again, that love and lead. Woo, it's a battle. He never liked him. We did it for six weeks, three times a week. Never liked eggs. I just let it go, you know, and it, it's like, I don't need him to like eggs, right? What I wanted to see was what was it? And what I got was, okay, color check, it fit, right? We started to look at the temperature and I'd make them and let it sit and be more room temperature. That was better for him than hot. He doesn't like anything really hot and he doesn't like anything really cold. We do not put ice in any of his drinks. He does not like super cold. So temperature is an issue. Is it his top one? No, but it's an issue. Okay. So we realized it was that the thing that bothered him the most was the inconsistency of eggs. It wasn't the same every bite. And we all know that. I mean, we can in our head go, yeah, but it's pretty similar. But for them, at least for him, because mouth sensitivity is so high for him, it was way too inconsistent. He can't, no, absolutely, no, not doing it. Right. If I could figure out how I can make dehydrated egg chips, which could be something, I don't know, for the uh, ASD community. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be good or not, but they might. I mean, shoot, we have chicken skin chips now for those keto um, people, and I am one of them, but I haven't tried those yet. <laughs> um, you know, maybe that would work because, again, it would be consistent. I'll give you another example. We tried him on corn. Right, we're thinking corn, it's yellow. It's in that cream orange family. Cause we know again, color is something that's easier. You know, if I stay in that color palette that I know he likes, it's easier for me to introduce foods because what we're also trying to do is give him opportunities or your kids opportunities to start to trust food, right? So that they don't go to whoosh, you know, I can't focus. I can't, I can't stay in that pocket. I can't, right? That's part of this. But you want to choose things as you go through and rank. And we'll talk about right at the end of this podcast so you can get your list. And, and maybe it's in the toolbox, right? But of really trying to identify those things that are the most important and you test it out. And so then when we start building trust with food and trying new things, because we want them to not be so apprehensive, right? 
and understand that, hey, your your mom and your dad or your grandparents or whoever is feeding you is not going to give you something that, you know, pretty much we already kind of know you're going to like. Because what we're trying to do is build that trust basis. So we had him try corn, right? I'm thinking, oh, I totally scored this, you know. I knew the temperature was an issue, so I let it cool down to kind of room temperature. It wasn't cold. It wasn't super hot. He eats the corn. He's about to projectile vomit. Now, mind you, I don't know if your kids do this, but... (laughs) When he's eating something that is clearly not working for him, it is like one of us sitting at the table, you know, we went on Fear Factor and we're eating live scorpions or something. I mean, it's the projectile face. It's, oh my God, water in the eyes. You know, he's doing everything he can to not throw up. It's freaking corn. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And I'm thinking I did everything. You know, it's not hot. It's the right color. I mean, come on. And let's be honest, corn isn't like the best vegetable, but I'm, hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to get in the vegetable bucket. So I'm like, I'm not giving up. So he won't eat canned corn. When we first started, he eats it now, but not then. So I got smart and went down to Whole Foods and I'm like, I'm going to get dehydrated corn. It's the right color, but now I'm dealing with consistency. So I'm starting to find out that the consistency texture? Is it slimy? For him, wet things are kind of slimy. And he'd been able to tell me that now. But so I'm like, okay, fine. We're just gonna, we're gonna like overload on dehydrated fruit, right? We'll just make him drink a lot of water. If you took the water out or give him some water. Anyway, so stayed in that family, you know, knew he liked orange. So again, try the carrots. Carrots were okay, but you know, not his favorite. I got bold and I'm like, I'm going to get freeze dried peas. Yes. Okay. So that was my opportunity to realize color is not something that we want to mess with, right? Green is not happening. Yes. You can probably go, Oh, that's so sad. He doesn't eat green things. He does not, not one green thing still to this day. It's not even something He'll always choose whatever else. Even if I think there's no way he's going to choose this, he will choose that. Even though he probably knows he's not going to like it, but he will not eat green food. So it has been obviously one of the biggest challenges and continues to be, you know, and it's the one thing that, you know, I, I recently was consulting with a family and I was, I was talking to the grandparents because, you know, this whole support system is so important, you know, so I met with the grandparents Um, And was trying to get kind of an idea of what their thoughts were, because that's that support that we need. Right. And the grandfather says to me, he's like, you know, I just don't think they feed him the right things because they just don't eat hardly anything. And, you know, I'm trying not to have my face, my meta communication go, oh, so sad. You just don't understand. I had to hold back and I kept a very straight face um, and listened. And I said, okay. I said, I, I get where you're coming from. It is frustrating. It's the biggest frustration and worry sometimes as a parent um, because there is so much of the gut in the brain. And I know just for myself, when I eat too much sugar, my brain doesn't work as well. So I can't even imagine sometimes with the carb load that my son has that that helps him, right? And that's another podcast <laughs> in itself. But, you know, I'm sitting there looking at them and I said, well, first of all, I understand your frustration and you have every right to be frustrated and concerned. Um, But this is a real thing. This is not just, 
you know, the parent being disciplined and structured and you're going to sit at that table and you're not getting up until all those green beans are gone. Because you know that our kids would be like, all right, I'll just sit here. I'm not going to eat it. They will not eat it. You know, and then it turns into, you know, not only do they not eat and you're trying to play hardball to make sure that they eat, right? But you're worried about, you know, now are they going to be able to sleep? I mean, there's so many things that our kids, it's just different. And that's the one thing that I will tell most parents and most grandparents and, and friends and family, super easy to judge. As we all do, you know, we all judge before we have kids like, oh, my God, I'm never going to do that. And, you know, we all just go, "Ooh, I should have shut my mouth a long time ago. Right. It's the same thing with kids on the spectrum. It's, it's a completely different journey. It almost can't even be put on the same platform um, of, you know, your parents and how they raised you. And I mean, so many things I can't I could have a whole podcast on just the things that are different from my neurotypical to my son on the spectrum. Different, completely different. So this whole idea of really, you know, looking at food, looking at what is acceptable, looking at the things that bother your child the most and taking that as, and and listing it out, like, what are we going to start to do to build trust? Because it's trust, right? It's almost like you need to start with things, not that you're trying to play hardball and like, you know what, they are going to eat this, but like building that connection. Like we talked about in building communication, they have to trust you. So you've got to go to their place first and their place. They've already told you what's important to them. Now it's just time to pay attention and write it down. And then to think about what kind of things can I introduce that fall into that same category? If it's color is the most important, if it's consistency and how can I be strategic, right? About what I want to introduce because you want wins. You want a lot of wins before you maybe play hardball and go, okay, so maybe I am going to go into, you know, the color green and I'm still haven't been brave enough. So (laughs) I will maybe venture down that path soon, but, and he's 15. Okay. So I'm probably a little late to the game. So this could maybe help you get there faster than I, but it's choosing to, to build the, the trust so that they know when you give them something new, that they're going to like it right? Because it follows maybe the top three out of the five things that affect them in food. And you start to build trust. They feel comfortable. So they're not going to automatically put something in their mouth new and go to 10 and disconnect and freak out. And I'm not doing it and start, you know, almost projectile vomiting, right? They start to kind of give it a shot because there is that trust. So again, as in most things that I talk about, I think on here, we cannot have our own agenda. We have to have our agenda, the one that you have with your child, with your partner, with your family, your friends. Some people don't want to know, some people do. But what I'm saying is that you have our agenda, not yours and not anybody else's. And you're not trying to please anybody else in this because again, you'll get there like I have with my parents and and they've been very, very supportive the whole time. But there has been times they look at me like, huh, I don't, I don't know if I agree. and I don't know if I get it. And me, not hard to tell if you've listened to my other podcasts, I'm like, that's good. <laughs> when you get there, let me know. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm going to change what I'm doing, right? When it made sense to me in my head, not what I read, not what was a checkbox, not what was somebody else telling me what to do, but what just worked for my child, what I wanted, what was my overall outcome I was seeking, 
which more importantly than anything else, because there are vitamins, there are supplements that we can do to gap fill until we can build trust and get these kids to try more things and feel safe. Not that it's just your agenda. And as they get older, as I've had conversations with my son, it's about his health. It's about you can't eat Cheez-Its all day. Like, I know you'd want to. And like, if that was all you could, you wanted to eat all day and you could eat it, you'd be a happy little camper. It's not going to happen. And here's why. Oh, okay, mom, I get it. Well, yeah, he's 15, right? Up to that point, it was like, hmm, we've got to try some new things, right? And we tried to make it fun. We did games. Um, you know, we did uh, always gave choices. That's one thing I will say about trying new foods is I've got two new foods this week, you know, and letting them know ahead of time. So it's not a surprise. On Tuesday night, we're going to either have this or this. What sounds good to you? So they know. So they've kind of prepared themselves because that's just as important sometimes as you taking the time to prioritize what is most critical. So good luck. And I hope that you find some things and that at the end, you're building trust. And secondly, you're proud of yourself for going out thinking more than just reacting. Um, And you get to a place where your child is thriving, that has the food and the nutrition that they need and that they're healthy. Because that's what it's all about. It's toolbox time on ASD Warrior. So for this ASD toolbox, we're going to talk about that list. The things about the foods that our kids eat that is important to them, right? It's coming up with the game plan and that's the challenge. How do we introduce new foods based on what's important to your kids? So we talked about in this podcast, kind of five really high level key things. One being color. Start to look at the colors and write all the colors down of the foods that they eat. You will start to find there is consistency in that. You know, they like the oranges or the yellows or, you know, they like the browns. Do they like any greens? Do they like red? Really try to look at those colors and color choice preference, right? Look at the shape. I know it sounds silly, but the example I'll give you is, you know, my son likes Cheez-Its and, you know, over time they have, you know, a kind of figure Cheez-Its. So let's say SpongeBob SquarePants used to have, you know, its own shape in Cheez-Its. I bought those. He would not eat those. It's like, these aren't Cheez-Its. I'm not eating them. Wouldn't even try them. Right? So visual shape is important. So look, are most of the things they eat circles, squares? Again, really going back to basics, right? Really start to identify what those things are that they have already built trust around that is consistent and then they can eat and not get anxious, right? Or overly sensitized to it. Texture and consistency is huge. So do they like to eat things that are hard that they break down? things that are easy to eat. So like, I know my son likes to control the breakdown of his food. So cheeses, goldfish, chips, loves chips, funyuns, holy macaroni. I wish I would have never introduced him to those. Those are his favorite food of all. Not any nutrition in that. Anyway, 
but it's consistent. He knows exactly how it's going to break down. Is that something that you can look at in the food choices, right? But the other thing is that he always used to drink Pediasure, which I then transitioned into yogurt. And we started with Gogurt, you know, that were more liquid in the tube. And now we are actually at regular yogurt for him that he eats with a spoon and the whole nine yards. But there was a food progression there, right? So we identified, hey, that's okay. It's a singular texture. It's one thing. There isn't, he doesn't like the fruit on the bottom. So I want to be completely honest. He doesn't, he will not eat. That's that consistency. Um, he wants it just yogurt, no fruit, no gel at the bottom, plain yogurt. So something to think about again, as you navigate that kind of path of introduction, temperature, do your kids like cold things? My son does not like ice cream. He will eat it though. If he can lick it, he will never get a whole spoonful. It's way too much cold in his mouth, right? Again, temperature is a big deal. Won't eat anything super, super hot. Sometimes he pushes the French fries because a French fry is his choice, preference in foods. That's about it. <laughs> and the last one being, you know, that idea, it kind of goes along with texture and consistency is that, is it mixed or is it one texture? You know, do they not mind pizza? that has cheese and pepperoni and sauce and then the crust. That's great. I'm like kind of high-fiving you if you've got that going for you because we're still working through that. Um, or is it just one that they want one thing and they want it to be able to count on it and it's consistent. So those are the things that I'd start that list on. One, color, shape, visual, texture, consistency, temperature, and mixed or one texture. Take that list, write the things down that you see and observe. And these are preferences because again, what we're trying to do, we're not, we're trying to get the foods that they just naturally want and eat and they don't have to think about. They can almost even do something else because it's safe, right? They know when they eat Cheez-Its, they know how it's going to taste. It's always the same. It's the same shape. It's the same color. Okay. So as we are introducing new foods, we really want to be respectful of that. And it also makes our kind of transition easier. So if they like orange, maybe you get a free freeze dried carrot. And if they make those, I don't know if they do, they probably do because they know you like orange. It's square. You introduce the circle, which is the carrot. How does that go? Do they like them? Do they not like them? Um, if they start to like them, then as they progress, you can maybe then transition them into regular carrots, right? Not hot room temperature. Cause again, what you're trying to do is have similar things, maybe only change one thing and they start to evolve in their palate and what they're used to and don't get overstimulated or oversensitized by it. And you just in that moment are giving them an opportunity to eat healthier, to not have to go to restaurants and bring bags of their food when they're 12, you know, that we can find some things that they can eat out with you and they can, you know, they don't have to be so tied to, you know, what they only want, but they can start participating because as much as, you know, we work on the social piece and the behavior piece, one thing that will align them a lot of times with their, their peers is being able to go and have the same food at the lunchroom or go to a pizza party. Um, those kind of things are important. And we start young enough with this and start being strategic enough about this and creative about it. We can get them there. So good luck. 
Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to ASD Warrior. For more information and resources, please connect with us at asdwarrior.com. Subscribe and become a member of the ASD Warrior Village. Together, we can do more.